know, I told you guys last time, back in March, um, I love the book of James. Uh, James is a very special book to me. Um, so we're going to go back there again tonight. This wasn't, this wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, I, I have a lot of different things that I would love to talk to you guys about. And I know, you know, Brother Dustin and many others, there are so many exciting things that we've learned in the Bible that we would love to show you guys. But this is what the Lord has laid upon my heart. Um, and, and this is what, what you need. This is what we all need. This is what the church needs. We all need this. Um, I'm considering my profession. I'm reminded of something that I say to people all the time when they're being interrogated or when they're being arrested. And one of the, we have to read them their rights, right? Y'all have all watched cops or whatever. You've heard it. And one of the things that I say to people is, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. I promise you, that's true. I will dissect everything you say to me from that moment on. Whether it's true or a lie, it will be used against you. I promise. I've done it. But it's that thought in my own profession that I hearken back to the words that were spoken almost 2,000 years ago by the righteous judge, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. I want you to turn into your Bibles real quick to Matthew 12. Matthew 12, and it's just two verses here that I'm going to read. But this is Christ himself saying, it's verse 36 and 37. But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. The day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. That word idle, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. That word idle means careless, unprofitable, corrupt. In other words, sinful. Amen. So when we get into tonight's message, I want you to have that in the back of your minds. Because one day you'll stand before the throne of God and you'll give an account to to Christ for every single idle word you've ever uttered. The God who creates trillions of stars, he names them. He names them. He will remember every word you've ever uttered. That's a guarantee. I want that in the back of your mind as we delve into our lesson tonight. What are you going to say? Because you're going to give an account for every idle word. What's your defense? What are you going to say? So keep that in your mind. Think about it. What are you going to say? Okay? Turn, in, turn your Bibles to James chapter 3. Again, I, 
I love the book of James. I can't say it enough. Um, it's like I'm watching my life <laughs> unfold through this book um, and think that things that have happened to me. But we're gonna, I'm gonna, I want to break down. We're going to do the whole chapter here. It's a short chapter. It's only 18 verses. But I want to get through it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it all. And then we'll break it down a little bit. The unruly tongue. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle his whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. So... Let's think about that, that analogy right there. The, the, the beauty of James is I don't have to come up with analogies for you guys. He's got them built in here. But this first one. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Picture yourself as that horse for a minute. Who's your commander? Who's your horseman? Who's controlling you? Behold also the ships, which thou they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. We've got this massive ship. I don't know if you've, anybody been on a cruise ship or a Titanic or whatever, you've, well, if you were on the Titanic, that's, that's not good. But if you've seen a big ship, if they're massive, and then at the end of the ship, you've got this tiny rudder. I mean, it's so small. And yet, the helmsman takes the stern and, or takes the wheel and, and, and controls that, that rudder and moves the ship about, this massive ship controlled by a tiny little thing. So if you're that ship, who's your helmsman? Who's your captain? And then verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter fire, a little fire kindleth. Of all the body parts you have, the tongue has seemed, you know, small. And yet, when he's talking about a little fire, it kindleth. If you go take that fire small fire in, in, in the woods and you leave it there, it'll set it ablaze. It'll, it'll, it'll destroy the whole forest. And he's likening this to the tongue. All three of these analogies are being likened to the tongue. Um, who's your extinguisher? We've got who's your horseman? Who's your, who's, your, who's your commander? Who's your captain? Who's your extinguisher? When you think about who you in these analogies. Let's go to verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Nature wants to grow and thrive. 
But fire destroys that, that growth. It destroys it all. It'll burn it all to the ground. When we think about our spiritual lives in the matter of our tongue, when we constantly are out starting fires with our tongue, how can we expect any growth? Think about the woods, the trees, or whatnot as your spiritual life. And what this fire does with your tongue, it destroys your testimonies to the unbeliever. It destroys friendships. It destroys families and causes divisions and strife among the church. I think we all have been victim of insults, uh, victim of gossip, slander, and stuff. All of these things, lies against us, slander. Um, so we know how that feels, right? Well, if you're doing that to someone, you, you're, you're destroying everything that, that the Lord is trying to work in you. You're allowing it to be destroyed by these fires of the tongue. Gossip, slander, lies, boasting, complaining, vulgar, offensive speech, all sinful and the more I look into this topic, this seems to be a sin that we just dismiss and disregard all the time. We condemn the vile reprobate unbeliever for remaining in their sin, and yet we do the very same thing we ignore. We justify it, forget it, and then we go, we go on our way after lighting the match in the forest. And then a wildfire begins. How often do we do those things? You lie. You gossip about one another. Gossiping, it, there may be some truth to it. There, there may be some truth to that gossip. But it's destructive. And slander, there is no truth to it. It's even more destructive to that person. You're destroying that person, and you're destroying your own testimony at the same time. That's what you're doing. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs 6 for me. I know Brother Kenneth uh, touched on this the other night during his message in Esther. And it just so happened that I was going to go there and I got a message from somebody who had just so happened to post it up to me too and I was, I was like, wow, praise the Lord. <laughs> Proverbs 6, verse 16. Seven abominations the Lord hates. These things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. Just so y'all are clear what an abomination is. Abomination is something that the Lord disgusts. He despises, hates. It's it's a it's a it's vile to him. It's not it's not just all sin is bad, but these things are are especially disgusting to him. And he's laying it out here in Proverbs. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and a heart that devises wicked imaginations, 
feet that, that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Three of those seven, at least, have to do with the tongue. And these are all things that the Lord calls an abomination to him. Think about those words, you. Every idle word, you're going to give an account. Now I want you to turn to Romans 1. Romans chapter 1, me and my father-in-law, we talk about it a lot. Romans 1 is like, especially, you know, given the nature of a courtroom, Romans 1 is basically the indictment of mankind and, and the Lord's righteous judgment against him. Uh, that, that's Romans 1. It's listing all host of everything that mankind is guilty of. Romans 1, verse 29 is where I'm going to start, go to 32. 29 through 32. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Full of envy, debate, deceit, whisperers. Whisperers, by the way, that means rumor, gossip. That's what whisperers is, gossip. You hear that? Knowing the judgment of God, they that which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but take pleasure in them that do them. Now I'm going to go back to, to James. Verse 7 is where I left off. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. So we've all tamed. You see it. You've probably got a dog or a cat. You can get a cat or a dog to sit, shake, bark. Well, not a cat, but get them to fetch. We can all tame animals. We can tame some wild animals. Why? God has decreed it. He's given us dominion over the earth. That's why we can tame animals. That's what it's talking about. We have the ability to tame all of God's creation, except one thing. Verse 8, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Your tongue is full of deadly poison. No man can tame the tongue here. It's talking about 
Only God can. And he, he does that through changing our hearts. An uncontrolled evil full of deadly poison. I'm reminded of a snake biting somebody. Um, a lot of reports show the person's got no idea they've been bitten by a snake. It happens all the time. People get bit by a snake, have no idea. Three hours later, all of a sudden, they're laid out dead or they're laid out about to die. So they had no idea that they had been bitten until that deadly, deadly poison, that venom began to spread. That's exactly how gossip and slander work. The person that's being gossiped against or slandered, they have no idea it's happening. No idea. A couple weeks go by after that, that word was uttered about this person. And all of a sudden people, well, they're not as kind to them maybe. Or maybe they kind of just stay away from them. Oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Yeah, I'm going to stay away from him. Right? So, this poison, the, the mouth, it's exactly like a snake bite. You have no idea, that person has no idea that they've been bit. And what happens? This is exactly what happens next. The segregation, isolation, and eventually death. Now, I don't mean physical death for a person, um, like you would from a snake bite. And when I mean segregation, isolation, and eventually death, this is what I'm talking about. It's potentially the death of a friendship. It's, a, it, it's potentially the death of that person's testimony. It's also potentially deadly to your own testimony. It's deadly to a family. And it's deadly to a church. You will divide and split up from this problem of gossip and slander. It's a deadly poison. Um, in this next part, verse 9, this is, this is, Verse 8 and 9 really, really get me, and I'll talk about that here in a few. That's what got me. Verse 9 especially. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God, so the likeness of God. So here we go. We're praising the Lord here. We're singing worship songs on Sunday, doing all these things. Oh, Lord, I love you. And then come Monday, you're talking bad about somebody. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You're gossiping about them or you're slandering them. Verse 9 says, you, you praise the Lord, God, even our Father, with the same mouth that you curse in the men who are made in the likeness of the Father. That person's an image bearer of God. And here you are cursing them. Out, verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. What's he saying there? 
that shouldn't happen. Something ain't right. You need to get checked. You need to check yourself. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with your heart. Something needs to be tear, torn out of your heart. You shouldn't be praising the Lord on Sunday and cursing your brethren on Monday morning or speaking with all kinds of vile, filthy language coming out your mouth or lying. A whole host of... The Bible talks so much about the, about the tongue and the evil that comes out of it. And yet, that's something that we just seem to disregard so much. It's... I'm, I'm stunned by the amount. Y'all, I'm telling you, there is so much in the Bible about the tongue. Too much. I can't. We we don't have enough time to go into how much is what it's talking about. This particular problem, this issue with man, and yet it seems like, you know, we think about some of these really terrible things that people do. That's not one of them that we tend to to think about or talk about. We tend to just dismiss it. We justify it, right? Yeah, it's no big deal. The Lord says otherwise. It's a very big deal to the Lord. For rightfully so, it's, it destroys so much. Verse 13, I'm going to get into. The, I'll, I'll read verses 11 and 12 as well. Does the fountain send forth at the same time Place sweet water and bit bitter. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain yield salt water and fresh? What he's saying there is, it's either good or bad. A good fruit, a good tree is going to bring forth good fruit. A bad tree is going to bring forth bad fruit. That's basically what he's. What the Lord is, well, what James is speaking on there, the Lord is speaking on there. Verse 13. Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. But if you have, if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Verse 14, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not. You've got, you've got nothing to be happy about there. And lie not against the truth. That's what we do when we talk about And lie not against the truth. You know it's there. We know we gossip. You know you slander. You know you lie. You know you're a backbiter. You know you do these things. Quit justifying it. Quit ignoring it, what he's telling you here. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in the peace of them that make peace. Verse 14, back to it. Quit justifying and holding it and ignoring it. What you need to do 
when you're convicted of these things because you know you're guilty of them. You need to go before the Lord in prayer. You need to confess it. You need to forsake it and be healed. I know it can happen because it happened to me. Um, James 5 is another place that I love as well, but verse 5 or verse 16 says, confess your faults and pray for one another. Um, and that's another principle that I'm going to do with you guys. I'm going to share something with you here in a second. But confess these sins. Confess them to the Lord. If you've harmed someone or hurt somebody by some of the slander or gossip or whatnot that you've committed against them, confess it and forsake it and ask for forgiveness um, and be healed. Uh, for me, um, I was given a lesson. This is about two years ago. Some of you guys may have been in the lesson. Was anybody here when I did the toothpaste with the bowl? No? Okay. I did a toothpaste thing. I took a tube of toothpaste and I squirted it out into a bowl. Anyways, what comes out of that toothpaste? It goes into the bowl. Can't get the toothpaste back in. Once these words come out your mouth, you ain't getting them back. Think about a pebble being thrown in the water. When it hits that water, it creates a ripple. That's exactly what gossip and slander does. It gets wider and wider and wider. It just keeps spreading, just like that wildfire is talking about. For me, about two years ago, I was giving this same lesson on gossip in James chapter 3. Um, and it was, it was over gossip, obviously. Um, but for me, when I got home that night, I felt sick to my stomach. I felt like the biggest hypocrite in the world. It wasn't specifically gossip, but it was about vile, filthy language. You see, I had reason to feel like a hypocrite because I was one. Since I was 17, I joined the army, and then I joined the police force. The world that I was surrounded by, that's commonplace. It's vile, filthy language. So I would be at work and speak one way in that regard, but then I would come to church or be around my family and speak another way. And that night I felt, I felt him convict me like, wow. And I, I went to the Lord in prayer. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. I can't do it no more. I woke up the next day, went to work. A few days went by and I started, I noticed. I noticed, I was like, man, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't talk like that no more. I got to check something. So I went back to James chapter 3 and verse 8 there where it said, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Y'all, when I saw that, I, I was amazed. I was like, I didn't do it. I did not tame my tongue. 
God Almighty tamed my tongue and he gets the praise and honor and glory tonight. I want to confess that to you guys, but I also want to honor the Lord by giving you this. I've experienced it. I don't have, I love apologetics. I give you guys scientific things or archaeological things or whatnot. I don't got that tonight, but I've got this testimony of the power of the, of the living God, the Most High, who took this from me and set me free. And he did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Amen. I promise he'll do it for you. But, man, I, I, just, I just can't get over that. When I read that, I fell down. I was, I was amazed. And I, should, I shouldn't have been amazed. Obviously, I already believe that, but... <laughs> When it actually happens, it, 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 it was amazing. And I want that for everybody. I want to come around. I've been set free. I want to take the keys that the Lord has given me with this word, and I want to free every single person who's under bondage of this junk. Amen. Get out of it. Because what started happening at work, and everyone who knows me who's close to me can testify to this truth. Things started to change. I no longer spoke the words of death with vile corruption at work. It was words of life. And that first song that we sang tonight, Wonderful Words of Life, I know by, by no coincidence that I started speaking wonderful words of life around everybody who I knew. And then I started seeing something happen. All the believers that I had at work, they started doing the same thing. They were coming to me in conversation about Hey, I, 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 I learned this in the Bible. What do you think about this? And it was just incredible. It's like my whole team, this is all we talk about. We talk about the Lord or the Bible or, or, or things of that nature. That's what's happening. Anybody seen The Chosen? Anybody ever seen The Chosen? Lisa? No? Y'all haven't seen it? All right, so y'all know the, in, the, in the intro where the, the fish are spinning around? And one of them turns blue and turns around. And, but you've got all the fish still going around the other way. And as that, that one fish that's different, the fish start turning slowly towards the same direction that that one that changed started to go. That's, that's what's happening with this. The fish are starting to turn around and turn back and speak words of life. You see, all my my uh, my coworkers, they they reach people that I have no no reach to. I don't I don't see the people that they see outside of work. But now that the Lord's working on them, now they've talked about how they're talking with their neighbors about these things. You see how this spreads. Both good and bad can spread, y'all. James is talking about these, the tongue and how it can destroy. But when the Lord changes your heart on the matter, he'll cause it to grow and to live. And I don't remember, the, there's a, another proverb, I couldn't find it, but it talks about death and life are in, are in your speech and you love the fruit thereof. Um, and I love the fruit of life. 
It's changing people's lives. That's what I want to do with the word. That's what this does. We've got, we've got to consider our words way more than what we do. It, they're, they're so destructive. Um, we can either use it to bless someone or bully someone. If you've been around, maybe you're not part of the gossip, but you're hearing it. There's a way you can stop that. You can either flee from it, or you could ask people in kind, hey, please don't do that in front of me. Or if you're believers, and you're around these fellow believers, and you talk about them, this, whoever it may be that you're talking about, have you ever prayed for that person? That person, that wretched, vile person, I cannot believe they are so wretched and vile. Oh my goodness. Have you prayed for them? Do you know what they're going through? You have no idea. Have you prayed for them? How about you start there? Pray for that individual. How about you give them some encouragement? At least to, hey, I'm praying for you. Uplift people. Use your words to uplift and encourage these people. Don't engage in more sin by being a party to these things that come out with the tongue. Amen. Flee from it, just like you would any other vile sin. Flee from it. And yes, you can be tempted by this too. Flee from it. It's destructive. My testimony at work, when this started happening, my testimony, if I had told people, that I was a believer, they'd have been like, yeah, but you, the way you talk is terrible. But now they've seen a change and they're like, wow, that, there's something different. There's something different. And they're, they're, they're intrigued by it. Let that be you. Um, my last thing, and before I close, remember when we talked about in the beginning tonight, we went to Matthew chapter 7 and the Lord's words and what he said. Um, Every idle word you will give an account for. I want, that, I want you to think about that again for a minute. You, you got in your head maybe what you'd say as your defense? I'm going to remain silent. My defense was uttered 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago on that cross. He said, it is finished. That word in the Greek, it is finished. It means paid in full. That's my defense. Is that your defense? Is that the words that were uttered? If you're a born-again believer, I want you to recognize the damage that these sins can cause. You think about it. Maybe they are just someone who I like, like I was. If you remember, if you recall my testimony, I had, I grew up in this church. I went 24 years. I wasn't saved. 
had no idea. I was a traditional Christian, just like those traditional Jews back in the, in the old days. They thought that they had eternal life because they were Jewish. I thought I had eternal life because I was raised a Christian. But I was lost. So think about this for a moment. You're gossiping, you slander somebody, calling them names, bullying them, whatever it may be. And maybe they're a traditional Christian. Maybe, they not, maybe they've not been born again yet. Maybe they, they just don't get it yet. But then the words that you've uttered to them, they make it repulsive and they leave. That person has a false hope. They're still dead in their sins. But they think they're saved. That was me. As a born-again believer, I promise you, you will have to answer for that. If you have not lived blameless and that person then uses that as their excuse, you're going to have to answer for it. We don't know what people are going through. We don't know what's in their heads. We don't know their, their backstory. We don't know their history. We don't know a whole lot about what we don't know. I think the best thing you can do is be like what Job's friends, when they first got together to go help Job, they stayed with him, sat with him, and they kept their mouths shut. It wasn't until they started opening their mouths that they got themselves in trouble. Maybe you ain't got nothing good to say. I know y'all have heard the old adage, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say anything. Do it. Shut your mouth. And I tell you what, later on, go and pray for that person. That's the only thing you can do. Consider every word you speak. Is it giving life? Or is it giving death? Is it idle? Is it useless? Or is it useful? And then think, is it useful to God and His purpose? As a Christian, that should be our main priority. What can we do to further the kingdom of God? That's all I care about nowadays. Like, that's, that's, my, that's priority to me um, is, is trying to turn those fishes. That's, that's the only description I come with. It's a, how can I turn these fish around? Maybe I can't reach the people, but they can. They can reach the people. Turn them around, and, and they'll go reach other people that I, I have no reach to. And if I, if I can do even that, then I will encourage that person. Um, so I want, to use, I want to use my voice to praise God. I want to use my voice to encourage, to encourage you all in the sanctification process and really growing in the Lord is to stay in his word. Like I talked about in the beginning, stay in his word. Even if you don't understand it, the Lord's going to give it to you when you're ready. Um, and, and stay away from all the vile, filthy language and all 
gossip and slander, turn away from it. Otherwise, you're just going to be roped in and just damage. Nothing but damage and destruction is going to be caused by it. Nothing good comes from it. Nothing. Ever. That's all I have, brother. That's a powerful word that we've heard tonight. And that word's been on his heart for a while. And I, and I was moved by the honesty and the testimony of it. His personal testimony. And we all have one, a testimony about this to consider within ourselves tonight as as Ryan and Stephen come forward for an invitation I don't know if you have a particular song on your heart but you could just go back to wonderful words of life for for an invitation tonight and I I have 20 minutes of things to close with in an invitation I'm not going to do that but but my heart was just full and blessed from the word I've heard tonight and the seriousness of the subject and the, the, the sincerity in which the, the speaker used on this subject. It deserves that kind of sincerity and the clarity that was given. The clarity that was given just really made me reduce a few things I want to say, but but, but just in a time of invitation, you know, I just want to say that the reality is what has happened with churches before, good churches, is the tongue has split churches. It's happened before. It doesn't become less offensive just because it's such a common thing that people do. It's not less offensive. A while back, I, I spoke of there being such power in silence. And I didn't expound on it, but that was a, a beautiful expounding on that statement that there is such power in silence. And just one other thing that really hits home real with us and it happens to the child of God. We want to come to the house of God. And rejoice with God's people. And worship the Lord. That is taken away. We take that away from ourselves. If we're, if we're gossiping throughout the week. And then want to gather and worship. We're convicted and it takes the joy out of being here. And that makes us, through the week, when maybe it's just two of us sitting together somewhere, it makes us careful with our words. Because we know the effect 
that no, it may not spread, nobody knows it, but we know it, and the Lord has convicted our hearts when we gather back together. I'm just going to ask tonight that, that every teenager, adult, you, you, you do as the Lord leads you, and every teenager and young person, you do as the Lord leads you, but, but maybe you just want to turn around and put your head right there in your chair. I'm going to do the same. And let us all reflect on our own words. And, and maybe they're great words. You know, gossip can be positive. We gossip about the Lord. If we're gossiping about his word. That can be positive. And, and maybe we're doing that. And someone's fine here tonight. But as we search our hearts, we probably need to turn right around and put our head in our chair and confess those things to the Lord. It doesn't matter if we're a victim. It doesn't matter if we're talking about a hurt that has come upon us. It's bad when something happens. It's worse. It makes it worse to talk about it. No matter what side of it we are on. So we, have, we definitely have something to give to the Lord tonight. But also, and it may not be right there in your seat. It may, it may be right here on your knees with me. But also, maybe there's someone here whose heart the Lord doesn't have. You've never trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. The tongue's not going to be controlled if the Lord doesn't have our heart. But all of your sins have been paid for. I say that to everyone in the room tonight. And if you've never trusted him, we pray that you would place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. That you can become a child of God. And then I tell you what, it's good. It's good to have that conviction. Because every tongue is tempted. Always. Always tempted. But, but he can tame it. And I'm thankful for the conviction tonight. Where, where our mouths will be closed. Whenever we're in submission to the Lord. So you play. And this is your time of invitation. Whether it's in your seat. Whether it's right here. Individual. Put everyone else. Out of your mind tonight. And it's just me and the Lord. And it's just you and the Lord. What have we done with our time?